Good morning, and welcome to today's Sunday School lesson. Do churches ever favor the wealthy people of the, in the congregation? Can money buy a person's way into church power? In today's lesson, we will see how consequences come from thinking money can buy everything, especially the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Gracious and eternal Father, our Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for another day, another opportunity to study your word. Father, we ask that you allow the Spirit to lead us and guide us so that we can receive what it is you want us to learn. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of today's lesson is Simon Wants to Buy Power, and it's taken from the printed text of Acts, the 8th chapter, verses 9 through 24. The aim for change is by the end of this lesson, we will discuss Simon's motivation to receive the Holy Spirit, reflect on any selfish desires for God's power, and create a list of true and sincere motives for following Christ. Keep in mind, and when Simon saw that through laying on of the, the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Acts, the eighth chapter, verse 18, King James Version. The background for today's lesson is that the book of Acts is a book of history and faith. In addition to providing transition between the Gospels and the Epistles, Luke, the writer of Acts, gives us the vital historical facts of how Christianity began and spread. In Acts, selected events in church history are recorded that demonstrate Christian doctrine and practice. Clearly, it is through the power of Holy Spirit that the men and women of God are able to testify that Jesus is the Christ. There's a great emphasis on the connection between the Old Testament, the Jews, and Christianity. There's an even greater emphasis on the, that salvation is not bound by believers' race or ethnicity. Rather, it is extended to all humankind. In Acts, it is clear that it is clear that it is only Jesus, the Christ, who is able to fulfill the needs of the Gentiles and the Jews. The first verses that we'll be discussing today is Acts chapter 8, verses 9 and 11. And they read as such, But a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest saying, this man is the great power of God. And to him, they had regard because they, because that of a long time, he had bewitched them with sorcery. Discussion points are that today's scripture passage begins in the midst of the great evangelic campaign in Samaria. After the stoning of Stephen, believers accept for the apostles scattered everywhere while spreading the gospel. Philip, one of the deacons who was appointed along with Stephen, went to Samaria and began preaching and performing miraculous signs. Because of his witness, many came to Christ. Simon the sorcerer was among the Samaritans who heard Philip's regarding Philip's preaching and saw the accompanying signs and wonders. Simon had enjoyed tremendous popularity among the Samaritans. Scripture is telling us that Simon had been practicing the magical arts and had deceived many 
with his false claims of greatness. Simon's ability as a magician had bewitched the people. Even today, people mistakenly believe that the only difference between magic and the miracles is that the latter is more impressive and is practiced by Christians. The truth is far more important. Miracles clearly point to God. While magic manipulates and points away from God, faith comes through hearing the word and not through seeing miracles. The second verses we're going to focus on are verses 12 through 13, and it reads as such. But when they believe Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. The Samaritans had previously believed in Simon because of his magic. They had no faith in Simon. Rather, they believed, rather their belief was predicated on his magical abilities. Through the preaching of Philip, the faith in the Samaritans was based on the good news of Jesus, the Christ, and the kingdom of God. The Samaritans saw Philip's miracles as confirmation of the truth and of the resurrection of Christ. The miracles aided, not caused, their faith. Now that faith in Jesus was the basis of their belief, they turned away from Simon. Even Simon himself believed and was baptized. The next verses are verses 14 through 17, and they read as follow. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 16, for as, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Discussion points. When news of Philip's successful ministry in Samaria reached Jerusalem, the apostles immediately dispatched Peter and John to Samaria. That these two elder statesmen were sent to Samaria should not be misread. There was no lack of faith on the part of the church in Philip's ability to preach salvation. The fact is apparent when we see that Peter and John did not preach in Samaria. Instead, they prayed and laid hands on the Samaritan, Samaritan converts. As a result, God gave the Samaritans the gift of the Holy Spirit. The singing of Peter and John better understood in light of who the Samaritans were. They were a mixed race people with some Jewish lineage, but proposed an alternative lifestyle of worship. They shared some of the same beliefs as the Jews. They claimed in Arabic lineage, and they were also awaiting a Messiah. By sending Peter and John, the, the church in Jerusalem was affirming its unity with the emerging church in Samaria. The impartation of the Holy Spirit ensued the unity of the church. The Holy Spirit was also provided a witness in the form of the apostles Peter and John. The apostles were credible and authoritative authoritative witness to the Jews that the acceptance of the Samaritans into the church was equal to that of the Jews. The fact that the apostles laid their hands on the Samaritan converts is no evidence 
that this was the only way the Samaritans were to see the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, there was no mention of laying of hands, yet the Holy Spirit was imparted to all of the disciples who were present and believing. Additionally, when Peter reached, preached to Cornelius' household, there is no mention of laying on the, of hands to, the, to receive the Spirit. There is also little scriptural evidence that the 12 apostles were the only men in power to impart the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. When Paul, formerly Saul of Tar Tarsus, was converted, it was Ananias who laid hands on him so that Paul might be healed and, re and receive the Holy Spirit. That's in Acts 9, 17 through 18. Ananias was neither an apostle nor a deacon. Instead, the laying on of hands and the receipt of the Holy Spirit by the Samaritans at the hands of the apostles marked a critical breakdown of religious and racial barriers. Philip had already baptized the believing Samaritans, thus they were already saved. The apostles now witnessed the inclusiveness of the church. They saw that God was giving these Samaritans the exact same gift of the Holy Spirit that he had given to the apostles and disciples in Jerusalem. There was no barrier between the believing Jews and the believing Samaritans. There was one faith, one baptism, one spirit. And that's in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. The final verses of the day's lesson is Acts 8, verses 18 through 24. And he read as such. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 20. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Verse 22. Repent, therefore, of thy wickedness, and pray God, that perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Verse 24. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. Points of discussion. Superstitious Simon wanted to be able to impress people again with his magical powers, but he did not understand that the gift of the Holy Spirit is freely given to all who believe. Earlier we read that Simon believed and was baptized. At this point, we wonder whether his profession of faith was genuine. When Simon saw Peter and John laying hands on people to receive the Holy Spirit, he wanted, to, he wanted the same power for himself and he was ready to pay for it. Peter saw through Simon right away. This was definitely not a genuine desire for spiritual power. In his heart was a desire to have center stage, and this is the opposite of what God desires to see in us. God wants us to give him preeminence. Many people today are confused about paying for spiritual blessings. God is not like the, the waiter who gives you better service if you tip better. Even our good works would not open the door of heaven for us. In Ephesians, second chapter, verse eight through nine, King James, we read, 
for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works least any man should boast every gift we receive from god is just that a gift even our spiritual gifts are free from our heavenly father and that's in ephesians 4 7 through 13. we would like to see a happy ending to the story recorded in acts but it's not there instead of simon praying to god through deep repentance he asked peter to pray for him that the punishment for his sins would not fall on him in other words simon was not sorry for his sins he just wanted to get off the hook from his from the punishment so in conclusion it may be easier to see false motivations in others than ourselves we want to finish today's lesson by creating a list of true and sincere motives for following Christ. Now examine your heart to see how you measure up. Then ask God for help to form attitudes and motives to be true and sincere in your life. This concludes today's lesson. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this lesson. We thank you for allowing us to understand that we can't be like Simon. We can't buy power. This, the power is given by you, and that is through the belief in you, and through your grace and your mercy. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.